0: Hi, I'm Tim Berglund. Welcome to Developer Relations Radio, a podcast about developer relations and things of interest to DevRel leaders, practitioners, and the executives that love them. Every few weeks, Baruch Sadogorsky and I get together on a conference call with as many other global DevRel thought leaders as we can schedule at one time, just to talk. The catch is, the conversation is being recorded, and you get to listen in. Here we go.
1: Yes, that's our guest in pajamas
2: exactly
1: looking good
2: thank you thank you I thought maybe you know this uh, live stream view of uh, me from my very dark bedroom would be to your uh, to your aesthetics desires so
1: <laughs> so Tim is here also yes
2: hey? hello
0: hello i don't
1: see the hello, um, where where is the tuxedo and the bow tie and everything
0: i know i i'm so sorry about that um, i i personally
1: take it as an offense you 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 wear that for your corporate people but not for us
0: not not for you
2: guys I oh so my sad. god i uh see, this, is actually- why, Tim, this is why you, you set a high bar and then when you don't meet it, whereas I set extremely low expectations, and then nobody's surprised when I don't meet even those. So much yeah, about I, I you make- makes
0: sense now. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: mean, just think about we, we suddenly see Ted in some, uh, you know, some T-shirt and everything. And we're like, wow, you're overdressed. But for you, Tim, it's the other way around.
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh, just a, a plain old Henley on a cold day. No, it was it was actually the most fun marketing meeting I've been in. Uh, I need to I need to wear a
2: tuxedo more often. I think so.
3: <laughs>
2: the mere fact that you said that means we need to stage an intervention with you. That, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I don't mean the wearing the tuxedo part. The fact that a marketing meeting was fun.
0: Um. Yeah, but fun, fun for, for purely self-aggrandizing reasons, right? It was fun only because I got to be the best-dressed one in the meeting, uh, not for any other reason. And anyway, as we will discuss on future episodes of this podcast, marketing is important and fun and closely related to what we do. Are we recording yet? Of course. Everything is live. Everything is live. Yeah. Everybody, welcome to Developer Relations Radio. I'm Tim Bergland. Everybody introduce yourselves. All
4: right, That's how it works.
0: Arun is very quiet. Oh, yeah. Oh. I'm
4: not muted, though. No, no, no we no, can hear not not you not just a little bit mute. quiet. That would be, that would be uh, silent. Uh, my sound is terrible. My wife okay. is like, uh,
1: Arun, oh, Arun, get, get well. Arun we need has, you healthy. Yes,
0: yes. There is Simon Maple, and Simon, um, uh, we see you on the video here. And um, Maple Jr. We can see each other. Uh, could you introduce uh, your other guest there?
5: Yeah, so, so Simon Maple from Zero Turnaround.
0: Um, developer uh, I'm <laughs> sorry, that's Simon Maple, Director of Developer Relations. Yes, let's He's
5: make it Cameron. clear. Yep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, I literally just got back home an hour ago from traveling, and uh, I thought I was going to be Absolutely fine to do this uh, to do this podcast, Everell Radio. But uh, it, it turns out my wife was uh, taking my other child to karate. Okay, um, after our youngest little Oliver here as well. So he's uh, yeah. Oliver Everell.
0: Okay, and we are delighted to have Oliver as a part of the podcast. Yeah. we can see him. Um, you maybe can only hear the audio. I hope that we hear from Oliver sometime during our discussion today.
5: want to say something, Ali? He's adorable. Uh, no, he's, he's just gonna—he's just gonna beat the microphone. That's what here's the thing. Do.
4: All right. What does it mean to go from head of developer advocacy to director of developer relations? so was that a question? Sorry. Yes. Yeah. What does it mean to go from head of developer <laughs> advocacy to go director of developer relations? I mean, that's a great people question. People, people generally confuse those two terms. yeah
5: So, so I think I think mean, that a couple of things. First of all, the team grew. Um, and it allowed us to do more things, but at that point it, um, it's, it's far more important to actually do two things. One of the first thing was to actually create a strategy.
6: Shall um, we start recording? Because this is a precious we material. We already, we already record. That's fine.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, Victor Gamov, who hey, Victor, TV hey, hey. is a little late to the party and didn't know that we were recording.
6: You're recording and right. it's already official cut or it's just a... Uh,
0: oh, it's on. It,
1: yeah. So we we try to do we try to do this uh, in uh, everybody greet uh, cycle and then we just rudely interrupted. That what happened?
6: Um, yeah, I will I will press the record
2: button. Like we, we, so we just get together and then rudely interrupt. I'm muting Victor right now.
6: Uh, <laughs> you don't you don't need to. I do have everything to mute myself. Um, Okay, all
0: right fine. yeah so
1: Victor we will get back to you in a second because you also have some uh, promotion uh, uh, personal promotion uh, news to, to share with us but uh, first we asked Simon what is the difference
0: between and his we'll, we'll get back to you just because we love you. but yeah Simon is telling us what's their suite developer advocacy developer relations
5: Yeah so I, I did a lot of I did a lot of strategy work really and um, trying to work out because obviously when you have a team we have three right now in, in zero turnaround. When you have a team, of you know, two or three, I think your 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 reach can be far far greater. So it's really really important to have that strategy, so that you are using your time as wisely as you possibly can, and not not just that, but also so that your your actions are completely in alignment with uh, both the community and the business. So I've done a, I've done a lot of work in the kind of the kind of planning around that, and uh, and I think that's what's sort of largely resulted in the promotion. And we've—I've changed the name of the team as well to Dev Relations, which is seems to be the cool thing to do.
0: And I think.
4: What does um, it mean for you to change from being a head of developer advocacy to director of developer relations, other than the director title, which is fancy?
5: Um, to me, to me personally, it's—it's it's actually quite an honour to actually get a kind of director title. It's something I've wanted for quite a while, and um, and it's really pleasing. Pleasing to get that. It, uh, it puts a little bit of extra pressure on me as well, actually, because I'm expected to, to, uh, to, to work at this kind of level now rather than, rather than you know, just be praised for, for working at this level. Um, so for me personally, it's, uh, I, I've had to, in the last couple of months, actually step back a little bit from you know, constantly producing as well. Um, and it's it's a, that kind of change whereby you you're you're looking further ahead and you you're trying to you know create vision rather than just you know create individual pieces of content. So your I guess your your uh, breadth of vision changes quite significantly. But you for you me, pers- cloning
0: yourself basically now. Say again. You're going to start cloning yourself now.
5: I'm going to have to. <laughs> I
3: think
0: I think um, this is I think a thing we'll we'll visit over over and over again. But I think developer advocacy. In other places, other companies, they call that evangelism, and that's that's one function in developer relations, right? It's a very important one, but that's, that's you know, meetups and conferences and making the technology exciting to developers. Developer relations uh, has to have a vision for developer advocacy, but other things, too. Uh, you know, you have to have a... Like uh, helping user groups and helping the existing community grow. Community and... Um, uh, so that, uh, that voice... Uh,
6: that voice
0: hi. Like hey hey it's james james it's so good Ford. To see all you
3: god i wish we were all in the same room i know oh, this, is, this is a good alternative it is good well
0: so hi welcome to the show james we are, yes. you are you are being recorded you are on developer relations radio so Woo. um yeah so uh that your your uh, simon i would say your previous function is now one of the functions that you're responsible for now you have a, a broader vision that could include community could include training Heck, it could, could include documentation if you're crazy.
5: but Yeah, and it's interesting you mentioned uh, evangelism as well because why? Uh, originally when I joined Zero around like four years ago, that was my little brother, I, uh, he, I joined as a technical evangelist. Um, but, but I actually recently changed that to developer advocacy only maybe a couple of years ago, actually. I changed that just because I feel the difference between – being an evangelist it, it, it seems very one sided now when you evangelize something you 're preaching almost to, to, to a group whereas developer advocacy is more than that one sided discussion it's it's you know about grabbing feedback it 's about understanding your community rather than trying to you know, preach to your community so for me, just the wording of a developer advocate sounds sounds more like the the role than an evangelist. That's right. That's right. So a couple of points I, I want to say over
4: there, and I think I agree with what Tim was saying, that the moment you say DevRel, then developer advocacy is a part of it. You know, I mean, DevRel is a broader umbrella. You, know, you could have docs, website, forums, a whole bunch of things that could be included as part of that. And then um, second one is, I've heard this feeling from several people around the world that when it's evangelist, it's monologue, when it's advocate, is you know, you're talking to each other, it's a dialogue. But in general, what I've seen is, you know, I've seen really good evangelists. You know, I mean, I would call myself as an evangelist, but I do care about that dialogue part of it. So I think it's more about to do with the English language as opposed to, oh, I'm an advocate, so I'm going to listen, but I'm an evangelist, I'm not going to listen.
5: And I totally agree with that. And in fact, when I changed the, when I changed the role... Uh, from evangelist to advocate, it didn't actually change a single part of my role because we do still do the role the same way because we already know what, you know, what the benefits are. But It's just the connotation in the word that I felt, you know, it was an advocate. I don't
0: I don't uh, I don't hear the word evangelist that way, but that'll come as a surprise to probably no one. We have not yet introduced. We kind of halfway introduced Victor and we also have Mr. Ted Neward on the call. Okay.
2: We don't get to see. Oh, Ted. I thought we were gonna do Victor and thought we were gonna do Victor and James first. So I had you guys on mute. And we implicitly did Tim yeah, said hi. Well, yeah. Okay. Sure. Ted's here. Hi um, Ted. Hi Tim. How are you?
0: Uh, any better than I'd be twins.
2: Uh, I'm gonna have to remember that one. That's good. <laughs> That's good. I'd not heard that one before. Because twin Tim Berglund is just, you know. Too be, much to comprehend. Be pretty. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I need a moment. I mean, I moment. got it. I got it from okay. my grandpa. Moment. My grandpa always said that. Okay. So. All right. We moment got sure. Ted
0: and and Ted. The agenda today is really yours. You uh, you asked a bunch of questions that uh, we're going to go through. Uh, Victor, you Victor, you have not you said hi.
6: And, hi. And, uh, said yeah. So
1: so Victor Victor has some uh, news to share as well. He also got it promoted to a new position.
6: Or maybe. Vice versa, <laughs> Money not demoted to, demoted to, to, to a new to position. position. No, it but is not, not actually new position. It's just, uh, I guess, maybe official recognition, official title. Yeah, official recognition. Uh, well, what is your the title company? now? Um, my title is a senior solutions architect slash developer advocate.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I raise this cup of coffee to you.
6: Thank you, and it, it, it was kind of natural thing to do. I don't know why they didn't. It, for you know, a long time ago, um, right. and I I agree with Simon at this point because um, nothing actually changed since uh, um, since we changed the name or added this additional uh, prefix or suffix uh, to my uh, business card. Still waiting for those business cards.
4: Yeah, I mean, Victor and I had a really good discussion on exactly this topic when we were coming back from CodeMash. We shared the car, and on the way we were talking about exactly that he's a senior solution architect or a solution architect and a developer advocate. And I think that's a really nice combination because as a solution architect, you need to know what your product is so well and be able to articulate it well to your customers and to your users. I think it's a very logical move that I would see. Congratulations, Victor.
6: Thank you. Thank you so much.
1: Yes. All right, Baruch. Baruch. Uh, so yeah, I'm Baruch Sadogursky, I'm still uh, the, the the developer advocate of JFrog, and um, uh, that's interesting how the transition of Simon to DevRel role is um, very relevant for for for, uh, for i guess all of us because this kind of shift that we see once in a while in the industry uh, suddenly no one is evangelist anymore everybody is developer advocates and and now uh, you know this devrel instead of uh, specializing on one thing like the advocacy or the evangelism it's something that i think we see we see around in our industry we speak more about the big picture. We speak more about developer relations and not evangelizing a product or advocating for a product.
6: I think it's it's more fair to be advocating uh, for the product, not because um, you know evangelizing thing is, is bad, but when you advocating, it means that you also listening the arguments of your opponent. Since when you evangelizing the thing, you're just preaching, you 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 spreading your word. So I think it's more more natural thing to do what we do right now. So we're not we're not just uh, you know screaming on the on the corner like a mad uh, mad preacher, but we try to listen and bring this positive feedback into the product to make it better.
0: Uh, speak for yourself about not screaming on the corner, but I I, I think point taken. Um, <laughs>
6: now um, agenda so um do we, we have, do have some questions don't we yeah we have a we have a we have a caller uh and uh, we have some questions from from the caller uh, literally caller, caller because uh, everyone here uh, on, on the video chat and uh
4: well, hang on we haven't done james introduction yet
6: oh
0: i thought we did James, got, James
6: what do you do? has your name? What do you such do? A, such a great the camera <laughs> over here, over there. Like I see him so clearly that it's and literally you can,
3: like, you can see all the flaws in my face. Yeah. And what Colorado mountain town do you live in? I live in Crested Butte, Colorado. It's scary over there. Could be skiing, but yeah, nice day here. Uh, I'm a platform evangelist at Salesforce, so it's kind of fun because you know, kind of everything is platform. Or everything can be platform so I get to play with a lot of toys. Most recently Kafka and some machine learning technology.
0: So yeah. That's me. Love it. Love it. Now our caller today, uh, Ned Toward. No, sorry, Ted Toward.
2: Just <laughs> call me Tedward. Just call me Tedward, because that's Tedward. what like all my you know friends, if I had any, would call me. Tedward, uh,
0: welcome, welcome to the show, Tedward. So off, off thank air, you, Thank you.
2: Long time here. first time caller. Uh,
0: don't ever say that. I will find you. Um,
2: <laughs> well, then, air, then we could like be out drinking together again, just like Ted, the old time. That would be
0: okay. Ted raised some questions that were, um, very practical, uh, you'd say tactical, uh, super, uh, down to earth things about sample code and social media use. That was, that was, he said, hey guys, what do you think about these? And we thought, hey, let's talk about these on the air.
2: Yeah. And, you know, part of it is because where I work, um, you know, they've, they hired me literally because they, they weren't quite sure how to get into this whole subject of developer relations. And so one of the things I believe pretty firmly is that whenever you take a management role, one of the things you have to start thinking about is your successors right how are they going to be able to pick up and run with what you've built at some point when you know a year from now 10 years from now 50 years from now um, you know you, you eventually leave the company and so i started thinking about some of the things that heretofore i've been kind of doing just very intuitively right and and so you know the the first two topics that came to mind you know social media and then uh, sample code, and knowing the verbosity of this group, I don't know that we'll get to both of them in this one show. As a matter of fact, I'll be surprised if we even exhaust one of them. And, if you can see the video, uh, I'm,
0: I'm reacting with surprise and and offense at, at the suggestion that this group is verbose. But anyway, Edward, go on. I guess we do
3: like long
2: to long talk. The, the it's taken us twenty minutes to finish introductions, for God's sake. This group knows how to talk. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I'll stop interrupting. your point. I, anyway. I
1: I expect it to be five hours recording. By the way, just for you to know, plan plan your day accordingly. I yeah, had so call no one the top is of doing any work
6: today. So.
2: There you go. So um, so really, you know, I was I was thinking about you know if I'm going to tell somebody uh, how to do this job, you know, after I after I leave. know, one of the things that frequently comes up is some of these very sort of concrete questions around social media, right? So Smartsheet, we just spun up a uh, sort of a Smartsheet platform Twitter account, which is a pretty common thing to do. And, um, you know, in of itself, there was one question there, which is, we already have a Smartsheet account. Uh, Why can't we just use that one for some of the developer-facing tweets? And, I said, and I don't think anybody would really disagree with this, that, you know, the, the, the material that's coming across to developers is not always the same thing as material that comes across to consumers. And I'm a little bit different from you guys from the standpoint that we have consumers like non-technical customers that use the product directly out of the box, so to speak. But we will also have developers that are going to use our platform. For a lot of you guys, you know, developers are your consumers, so your your mileage may vary here. But for us, it was pretty clear we wanted to keep those two channels pretty separate. But then you start getting into the question of, you know, how often do you tweet? What do you tweet? Um, you know, because Twitter Twitter has a very sort of short-lived lifetime. You know, a tweet is there for a brief moment in time, and then poof, it's kind of gone. Yeah, anybody can go back in history and find it, but they have to know it exists. There's a certain sort of heartbeat, pulse, presence that you want to have over Twitter to sort of keep you at, uh, you know, the, the top of the stack, above the fold, as they say in the print business. And so I was kind of curious as to, you know, your guys feel, um, how much do you tweet that stuff not specifically about your company, your product? in an effort to get people to, you know, start paying attention to your Twitter feed. I'm just kind of curious, but the one, the one rule, if, if I may impose such a rule is keep whatever discussion we have very concrete, right? I mean, we can wax very philosophically, this group, but I'm really curious to hear, you know, concretely, how do you guys approach your social media strategy specifically in this case over Twitter, but we can extend it to LinkedIn and Facebook and some other stuff. I mean, do you guys even have Facebook groups for what you do? Do you do you Insta Snap or whatever it was Bill Belichick said, um, or is it purely a Twitter? It's only actually Instagram
6: platform. and Snapchat. It's two separate things. That
2: we are, we are
6: very, way very too famous.
1: old for we are way too old for this shit. Okay, yeah, it
6: looks like I'm the youngest guy here, so I I can I, I can you talk bigger, about this I assure you, social I, made, media
0: oldest guy on this call but i i snapchatted just last night you 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 haters you all right um wow so, do you mean um yeah i'm pretty into it it's uh, it's your
1: your kids forced you and they, we know the story
0: uh, yeah, and yeah it's uh, teenage and adult children so it's just how it goes i, I thought he was gonna say face tube or something but you, <laughs> <seven>. <laughs> something like that anyway uh ted do you mean personal branding or um uh the the you know the company social media accounts.
3: Yeah, uh, I was going to ask that because I have a very different strategy for how I tweet than how like our devrel team tweets. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. tweets are mostly complaints
0: about programming languages and, and Apple for kids to get off your grass. Yep. Um, right. right. Yeah, no, I'm thinking very
2: specifically rainy. the company account, right? So at SmartSheet Dev, which is our SmartSheet platform account. You know, as opposed to an individual, although, although somebody put into the backlog uh, questions about personal branding versus company branding and you know, the differences between, because I think that's another interesting topic of discussion that we, I don't want to get into today. I, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to play the moderator uh, stick here and, and say specifically thinking about, you know, company, you know, at company dev or at company platform, Twitter. Uh, tweeting
4: social media stuff. So uh, I'll take a shot. Uh, I'll take a shot. You know, um, okay. we blog on blog.couchbase.com. That blog is automatically pushed out on at Couchbase Dev. The idea is to promote that content. At um, Couchbase Dev is what we use for promoting our presence at an event. Um, um, Anytime we see any fancy tweets with hash Couchbase, which has some relevant information, we will retweet it using our Couchbase dev. that adds that much more authenticity and gain followers as well. Now, on the personal side, I tweet about all sorts of topics. And I mean, running and food and kids and devops for kids and bunch of stuff. And maybe a tiny part of that is Couchbase. So I think that's sort of my separation. I don't make any explicit decisions that, oh, 20% of my personal tweets are going to be couch-based, everything else is going to be personal. So add Couchbase, at Couchbase dev, those are the two handles, but those are exclusively Couchbase, but my personal handle has some Couchbase content as well.
0: And I would say same with me. I mean, social media is always a mediated version of you, right? There's never the unfiltered Tim or unfiltered Arun. So there's, there's things I'll say on Twitter, things I won't say on Twitter, but t- at TL Berglund is me. And so you're going to hear things from me that are of interest to me, which means data stacks is a part of that equation because data stacks is my job. It's massively important to me. And so are other things. And so that's, that's, that's whatever. Um, Now the, uh, the data stacks account, of course, that's managed by the company. There are young marketing professionals who do that. Uh, And I I want to swing back around to that. Let some other people kind of bounce us around, but uh, what should that, Developer-focused company Twitter account sound like I think is a relevant question for our audience.
6: So in our in our world, like we are doing the tool for developers, and there's no need to have a separate account for uh, Twitter for developers. So basically, at Hazelcast, is always um, uh, some technical materials will be posted, plus some some news about the company because Hazelcast is a open source tool, plus it is a company behind this. Um, and uh, pretty much as you already mentioned, uh, Arun and team, uh, the personal account is a personal account. I can tweet about uh, the, the part of the Hazelcast. If I'm doing some events, uh, I'm doing the conference speaking, uh, some uh, some of the interesting projects uh, that I found, and I usually yeah, just for you know, as a disclaimer, I put it on Twitter that like everything that I tweet is nothing or retweet. It's not endorsement. It's just a uh, you know, something interesting I found that I think some people who will follow me will be interested as well. Um, so it, it, for us, it's, it's much it's much easier. Uh, in, in most cases, we, we're trying to post the content that's relevant for uh, for audience. Um, sometimes, if it's like very important, company news, announcements, uh, plus uh, different events that we're doing.
1: And the interesting question, I would say, what goes to your personal account, what goes to your company account? So we, uh, as being the DevRel team here in JFrog, I have access directly to our corporate accounts, both at JFrog uh, and, and Bintray. And sometimes I ask myself this question. So there is, there is some tweet online, should I answer to it as myself? As Jay Baruch, or should I answer it from the corporate account? And and I think that's kind of fuzzy because you you decide on that based on what do you think this conversation will go, right? It will, it will if it will become you know a little bit less than you expect from your company level a Twitter conversation. I would do it from my private account because you know. Your uh, personal, I I mean. Yeah, from my personal account, and um, if I want to provide some official like answer or, or or feedback or content, I will probably do it from the corporate one. Uh, sometimes we don't see that I was I was with my management, and sometimes my boss will ask, "Why do you tweet it it's from your personal account? It should come from from oh. JFrog." Okay, and 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 I'm like, well, I thought that this less official answer will fit less. For the corporate account, and he's like, "No, next time do it from Genito." So that's you know, it's it's pretty fuzzy here.
6: It's not yeah. even fuzzy; it's more like the... an iterative process. So you 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 learn over the time, and you make your own judgment. What kind? Of,
1: it's what, a, it's not about learning; it's about the judgment and about uh, seeing things differently. That that's that's right. fine. But not,
6: but not not differently, but thinking upfront, like what it might create. If it create rant that you don't want to exclude, uh, you want to exclude your company brand from from this ranting. Exactly, that's that's exactly
4: what I meant. Humans are different, they think differently, and as Baruch said, you know, the judgment is very different at a given point of time. Again, there is no guide, there's a recommended guideline, but there is no blueprint that okay, thou shall use at Couchbase or thou shall use at Arun to respond to a tweet. And that, that's what that, I go with
3: when I'm. When I ran the TypeSafe Twitter account, I did, I had actually a hard and fast rule, which was we don't engage through the Twitter, through the TypeSafe Twitter account. So there is, we would never reply to somebody as TypeSafe because my philosophy was that if you want to engage, you want to engage with a person. And so we would always get the engineers or whoever needed to engage to respond to that tweet. Um, and I also just hated having the yeah. TypeSafe Twitter feed full of all these replies, because um, mm. really I look at it as a faceless, humanless marketing channel, and not a engagement channel.
1: Well, that's that's a good point, but I guess there 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 is some there are some replies which which are absolutely fine. So let's say someone asks. At Jeff Frog, where is your documentation? And and Jeff Frog replies, this is the link to our documentation, and 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 that's that's fine. But if someone will say, um, you guys suck, why your documentation is not online? Then you know probably I will tell him, you know what, you suck yourself. Here's the link, right? And, and that yeah, won't come from Jeff
3: A more personal <laughs> engagement.
2: Yeah, personal touch. But, you know, I I think. I I think James brings up a really, really good point, which is to say, regardless of your particular philosophy, right, I think it's important to establish what those rules of engagement, if you'll pardon the pun, establish what those rules of engagement will be up front, and, and I think write them down, because I do think one of the things that's important is for that engagement to be consistent. So if the rule is, We tweet at Smartsheet Dev um, as part of the faceless company, but if it it requires some sort of human touch, if it's a response to an individual or if it's it's, uh, somebody asking a question that we specifically want to have a very particular answer on, if it's not a frequently asked question, then we'll let an individual uh, from the company do it from their Twitter account, right? Or or if you say, nope, we don't want to actually leak Personal details. We don't want people actually being able to track people down because if this engineer later goes to a different company, you know, suddenly they're not representing the company anymore, but people may think they are. I mean, whatever your particular philosophy should be, you know, I think it it should be consistent, and the best way to do that would be to be written down, right? To be actually documented and say, we believe this kind of tone, we believe this level of engagement. We believe this uh, this material, you know, there's some material you simply do not want to uh, promote across your channel. Right now, for example, politics are way, way off my radar in terms of the, the company channel because, you know, three things you never discuss in polite company, right? Sex, religion, and politics. You know, uh, the first two are obviously not appropriate to a... NVI versus email. Okay. Well, okay, but, that but that's religion. I. The that's religion. religion. So, but I mean, whatever those topic spaces. no, that, there's no debate there. There's no debate there whatsoever. Okay, I'm
4: sharing a story. You know, I mean, I interact with United a lot on their Twitter account, and it'll basically counter what uh, James just said. I interact with United, Wells Fargo all the time on their Twitter account. I get a response back from at United or back from at Uber. And then typically the person who has responded will have their initials in that thread. Saying till they KD, whatever, whatever. whatever. But
1: back. that's not for you, Arun. That's for their bosses. When they, when they do something wrong, they can blame the person who did it.
4: Sorry, but my point is there are different strategies. You know, the point being that you are just continuing to respond back with at United because in case of United, if I'm interacting with United, then as opposed to an individual, I have a credibility that, oh, this is United responding
1: back to me.
3: I kind of wish I knew someone at United that I could have a conversation with directly on.
1: Arun, <laughs> Arun, uh, Arun's oh, best think- friend is JW at United.
0: It's, uh, it's best that I don't know anyone at United, I think, speaking for myself. But let me, let me bring this... Um, I, we're going to spend the whole time talking about Twitter, and I, I really think that's fine. Um. Because I've got a question now. All of us, you know, we said, okay, here's the personal brand, here's the company brand. Like Baruch for you, it's actually an interesting decision point because you've got access to the company Twitter account. I don't. I don't tweet at DataStax. And that's that's maybe a good thing, maybe a bad thing. But when it comes to the company account, if it's an account that developers are supposed to follow, so maybe there's a corporate Twitter and there's the 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 dev Twitter. Uh, like James Salesforce, you know, that's, that's, they're going to be two things. Yeah. yeah that's two exactly. different audiences. But the one that developers are expected to follow, let's talk a little bit about voice there now, softball question. And then harder question, softball question for everybody. Um, you know, what should that sound like? How do you, how do you make, uh, how do you set the tone of a Twitter account such that developers will find it engaging and credible? Uh, that's the softball, so it's,
2: it's hard. Yeah, I think, so, I think it's really
0: hard because well, usually start with uh, the marketing people okay. who are in charge, usually oh, that's uh, the next question, they're
3: in charge of of that account. And so usually the tone is not really developer at least not authentic, uh, authentically developer Okay, <laughs> right, so, so let me before?
6: ask you another question. So how this should sound from, uh, pers- what's the, James, can you clarify what's the developer should sound on Twitter?
3: Like the tone of a developer, I think we all we all have pretty high uh, BS um, sensors, and so
6: uh, we, okay. I we, see. I see we what can
3: sense saying. we can sense when it's a marketing person versus a developer in very very subtle ways. And I don't have a good example to to say. I mean, I'm sure we could pull up any of our marketing t- developer Twitter feeds right now and go through them and be like, oh yeah, like this is a this is obviously not a developer because I did this, right? But but I don't think that there's – it's hard to avoid that because it is almost always the marketing people that are in charge of those Twitter accounts.
6: So one of the interesting – that's,
2: th- that's interesting because we had this debate internally and we are in the same boat you are, James, where we have – a consumer feed, you know, at SmartSheet, which talks about you know the corp and our you know our marketing team runs that feed, but we also have a developer feed, and and quite frankly, uh, marketing and I were in complete agreement that they don't own that, they don't run that. That's that's entirely my uh, my space, my baby, so to speak, and um, you know, for example. One of the things that I retweeted uh, yesterday the day before was, you know, Zero Turnaround was was hosting a webinar about, you know, Bankhead and talking about Java 8, right? Now, SmartG Dev, we are very platform agnostic. You know, we have SDKs for .NET and Java and Node and blah, blah, blah. And, and, you know, we have a web API. So even if you're not on one of those, you know, if you really want to hit an HTTP API from COBOL, we welcome you with open arms. Um and but this is a case where this is interesting material to some subset of our developer community so I feel perfectly justified in retweeting it. That's definitely not the kind of thing that a marketing team uh, a traditional non-technical marketing team is going to be able to recognize as this is value and and we're adding it down this particular channel. Um, but it's- but at the uh, thank you, see the UK contingent agrees with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, the um, you know the tone that I look for is it, essentially it's it's a second person plural, right? It's us. It's we. It's as if anybody on my team is tweeting this. Um, <clears throat> it's not me, Ted Neward. That's this is the voice. It's a SmartSheet platform generic developer voice. It's a developer, it's somebody who knows these particular different platforms, but it's not any one individual person because right now I run the account. Tomorrow I may have somebody else running an the account. And if my internal um, infrastructure plans play out, at some point we'll actually have. You know, a certain amount of bot assistance running the account, you know, picking out some stuff and, and you know, queuing it up as potentially good stuff, always filtered by human, of course. But, you know, to try to ease some of the burden of having to watch Twitter eight hours a day um, and retweet some stuff periodically in case you missed it and that sort of thing. But I definitely, you know, I, I definitely think that, you know, in this particular case, the developer account should be owned by the developer department simply because there's a value add to be fed here that the marketing team running it can't add. Does that make sense?
4: It does. I mean, as a matter of fact, in our company, if I look at it at Couchbase, uh, we have the credentials, but we never post using it. Uh, Marketing team owns it. They post using it at Couchbase. Dev is what my team drives it. Uh, all All the tweets from that handle goes from my team, which is DevRel. Um, and anytime we need a collaboration where we want at Couchbase to tweet a blog or send something out about an event presence, you know, we have a method by which we just file the issue. Uh, they have created a category. And then we say, this time the tweet should go out. Here's what the message should look like and then the
1: schedule the- So so what you actually did you created like this is a marketing bullshit account don't bother with it and that's the good like awesome stuff you should follow this guy. We don't. And, we don't. I mean, well, just- no, but that's that's what you say. You have you have an account full of marketing uh, stuff. It's that's at uh, the couch base and then the the real the, the good stuff the couch uh, the No, couch I didn't say with, that. The, no, no. no. So, I mean all No, saying- I know that you didn't say it, but, but this uh, is uh, how I read it. And right. my my question is uh, why would a developer will ever want to follow not the dev one? That's, that's I guess, my yeah.
4: question. No, that's a fair point, actually. I mean, at Couchbase, if you think about it, you know, that is a fluffy account in some sense from the developer perspective. But it has a lot of relevant information like in terms of benchmarks, in terms of case studies and all those things. Now, if I'm looking at developers, developers care about, no, show me the code. No, show me real samples and stuff like that. So that's sort of the distinction. And then, as and when appropriate, we do retweet each other all the time. So all I'm saying is that's sort of the differentiation so that people understand. It's not that I say, well, no, no, if you're a developer, follow only me or follow only at Couchbase. Every time I say, at Couchbase, and then Couchbase Dev, and the moment I say, this is marketing, this is Dev around, people
3: get it.
6: Now, um... actually, it's a good point from the technical, uh, technicalities of social media, if, if you say so, if you have some of the, uh, Twitter account that was retweeted by other people, it will get, uh, the better, uh, ranking and stuff. So that's why it's actually even better. Like if, if it's some anonymous, um, uh, company account or anonymous platform or, um, t- t- technical account will be retweeted by many people, it will actually create, uh, the better impression that, uh. This is kind of like good stuff, and it's uh, the, the stuff is credible. But it's more like on search engine optimization topic, but not the real topic.
2: The other thing too to remember, bro is when you're at a developer-facing company, right? You know, in this case, JFrog, your customers are developers. The distinction between those two accounts may not be so quite clear for a company that, again, I am going to use Smartsheet as an example, we have a very clearly delineated market. We have people who are simply the consumers. People who use it out of the box as a spreadsheet as a project management tool and aren't developers. And then we have the developers in some cases that work at enterprises, IT departments, et cetera, that are definitely going to need to know this stuff. And it's not that the It's not that the company, the corporate account, it's not that they're doing bad stuff. You know, you're sort of cuckooing all of that other marketing stuff. That's good stuff. It's just not for what this audience wants. And, you know, first rule of every presentation, first rule of any marketing, know your audience. And in this particular case, you know, market segmentation says, okay, I'm going to focus on developer facing stuff down the developer channel. So. You know, it depends. I think on the context
0: of the company that you're talking about too. And here's something I want to drill down on. Um, We're talking about content that goes in the developer social media channel. Uh, Arun, you said show me the code. Of course, developers are interested in that. I think that's true, but trivial, right? We get that it has to be developer facing content in uh, Couchbase Dev. But what about tone? Now, and let me let me give you some ideas of what I mean here. This is a thing I've been trying to articulate to people who aren't developers, how to sound like a developer. Now, there's a vocabulary that we have. There are uh, various native languages represented in this, this broadcast. Um, we're all fluent English speakers. More than that, there's a little bit of an insider vocabulary we have. Uh, linguists call it an argot. There are words that we use as developers that mark us as a part of this little social group, and other people maybe don't know those words. Uh, there are memes that we traffic in. There are, there's a sense of humor. There's a kind of joke that we make that's funny to developers that if you go to the marketing team, um, they might not even recognize it as a joke. So I want, I want to bounce that idea around a little bit. There's ways that we talk that are culturally native for us, difficult to know that we're even doing more difficult to explain, impossible to fake. What do you think of that? Do you think I'm onto something there?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a sense of, I've been, I've been trying to articulate the same stuff myself, and there's a sense of irreverency to the developer community. We are willing to make light of certain things that other people would simply not touch. Even about our own product, um, Right. Like we're supposed yeah, exactly. to Exactly. people
0: and we'll say, Oh, this thing's kind of dumb. Yeah. That
2: API sucks. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We, we, it, so let there's, me, a, there's even a, there's even a sense of cynicism to a certain degree It's where it's like, yeah, you know, you could buy us, you could buy our competitor, but you know, you'll be happier if you buy us. I do Yeah, you I know, mean, there, there's, I, 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 I'm struggling to articulate it as well, but I think there's a sense of cynicism there as well.
3: Let a, me give, it, this let me give a concrete example of this. Oh, so. Right now on the Salesforce developer Twitter, there's a tweet from a day ago that says, visit our Lightning Dev Center to find all the resources you need to become an app building Ben Franklin. Emoji, key, emoji, thunderstorm, and, like, that's not, we would, none of us would ever tweet ever. that. Right? <laughs> ever. Ever. <laughs>
1: ever. Maybe except, maybe except of team on, on Snapchat. <laughs>
6: <laughs> and because it's not because it's something bad, but because the team's so into this like a uh, 19th century era uh, mm-hmm. and the yeah. classic literature and historic books, maybe so. This is why we, we might expect some kind of stuff from team. Because again, fair enough. That, it's that, it's that, a that long I, that story would... with this uh, uh, interesting video. But I, I was I was thinking about like this. This might come even deeper because uh, you mentioned that we we um, we fluently speaking in English, some of us um, but we also have some other languages that we speak and sometimes when you tweet something that has a cultural cultural roots in, for example, in Russian culture or like even the, we have a very popular cartoon about one guy who who went into this like a magical world when he, um, he tried to do everything with phrase just wing it and there is a brilliant picture. I don't remember who posted on the very beginning. So this character and the assembly code, and there's a sign underneath saying that this is how the the VM developer explains something to Java developer. And there's guy something. It's it's again it's a cultural. It's exactly what you said in terms of like this kind of stuff that developers would understand. Plus developers from uh, Russia who grew up watching this kind of cartoon will'll we'll definitely understand what this picture' talking about for the p- other people um, doesn't make any sense There's some guy in some very weird um, i't know how it's called how the, how you call it code a code and uh, some assembly code i will uh, I will pause this picture and you will understand what I'm talking about without knowing Russian language by the way. Because it's a it's a it's a it's a thing from um, not even from culture but from uh, developer roots,
3: right? So just to give you some statistics on that particular tweet uh, that I mentioned, uh, four retweets. So that that Twitter account has almost eighty five thousand followers, and they got four retweets on that one. That's pretty low engagement, right?
0: That's that's uh, let's round that off to zero.
5: One thing I'll add here as well is, you know, Oliver's asleep. I can talk. Um, one thing I'll add is, we we did talk about, yeah, the fact that uh, we there is a divide between developers and non-developers. I think in terms of who can reach out to developers and actually talk on their wavelength. I think there are very few people who are actually in the marketing space who can do that well. I know I worked with Oliver White for a couple of years, and he's he's wonderful at this kind of thing. Um, but I think also to to, to uh, to put all developers in the same bucket, I think I think is is looking at it from a too high level. I think if you were to get different developers, maybe they would be on the same um, technical wavelength, but in terms of being able to deliver a message, I think you'll get a, a vast variety of different ty- different tones and, and uh, different way in which a message can be can be delivered. And I think one of the key things is branding. Um, and I think any company that has a, has a natural brand really needs to be strong in how it describes that brand. It's actually one thing which uh, we're doing right now um, to understand, to first of all understand you know, what, which bits of our brand we like and then actually try and verbalize that or give examples of that so we can make sure that the entire company who tweets or does you know, whatever, in, in however they, whichever mediums they're using, they, they use the same tone. Um, in our company, we have uh, probably maybe three, four people who use the Zero Turnaround Twitter handle. Um, and interestingly, listening to uh, listening to a room with the two couch-based handles, we used to have a Zero Turnaround, a Rebel Labs, a J Rebel. I think we had a Live Rebel at one point. And we actually consolidated them into just Zero Turnaround for a couple of reasons. Um, one, because actually all our all, all, A lot of the content that we were producing, we actually found relevant to, to pretty much everyone on that audience anyway. Um, and it was a great way for us to actually say, you know, if you're interested in Rebel Labs, or perhaps you'll be interested in some of the other stuff that Zero Turnaround do. Um, similarly, Zero Turnaround also... Does a lot of tweeting with other communities and other and other uh, other people, so we retweet a lot of what virtual jug does and, and other communities as well so um, and the final thing uh, I, I do think I totally agree with what James says about the the corporate Twitter handle being this kind of uh, Th- this very uh, uh, i can't remember the words he was using now but like almost like a machine like kind of uh, non human entity and it's absolutely the individuals uh, who are the face of that company to push their Twitter handles out there and actually that that's where the engagement's gonna come from because I think different people are gonna wanna follow different handles. Some people are gonna wanna follow a, a corporate handle just for updates. Other people are gonna wanna follow individuals because they wanna talk, they wanna get a relationship and 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 you know go deeper than just when's this release due kind of thing.
3: Yeah, no I one think- follows Trump hotels. Everyone
0: follows Donald yeah. Trump. Right. And there's uh, a lot more personality in the latter than the former. So just sort of putting all of the related issues, James, we're going to take them here and stick them in a box and put them over here. And a few minutes left here, uh, and I I really appreciate that we started off with one of Tedward's questions and and we never left it, but you've said a few times that the corporate marketing, bad, dumb, stupid Twitter account, faceless, soulless, you know, Ted, you spoke up for marketing and I appreciate that. But the, the tone has been that corporate account is garbage and not human and you don't feel it. There's no person there. There's no engagement. Uh, and I want to say, I think that's a failure of that enterprise if that's the case. And I understand why it happens as, as companies get larger, um, you know, they're kind of risk tolerance issues and you have a broader constituency and you sort of have to average out the the personality you're exposing to that audience so that nobody gets too offended or off put by anything. And yet it was something bland that nobody cares about. Um, uh, so we've said that the developer Twitter account can't be like that. You know, we have to be more authentic. We have to be our version of authentic, which means self-deprecating, which means telling it like it is, even if it's a shortcoming in our product, you know, marketing doesn't do that. We do. Um, you know, so there's all of that. Um, how do you, I think that the only question we have time for is how do you explain that? Do you have to explain that to anybody else in the company? How do you get that across? And is do we have any shot at, as DevRel at positively influencing marketing? If we're a company that makes a product that's consumed by developers, how do we help the rest of the company take the chance to be a little dorky? And and be a little more like a developer and and speak with that voice. Let's end. That's probably all we have time for. But let's let's end with that. I think one of the
6: challenges sure, just, yes. is
0: that, that I don't like
3: when I was at TypeSafe. I didn't really want to run the TypeSafe Twitter account, which is developer facing, should have a developer tone. Like I didn't want to. I didn't want to do that. You know, like. Like that's for social marketing people, not for me. <laughs> and so I think that's part of the challenge: is that maybe the the people that should be creating that voice don't necessarily want to be creating that voice. Okay. So I say that's that's my analysis of of why uh, one of the reasons why that doesn't happen.
5: So, so on the zero turnaround handle, we actually do a lot of work behind the scenes. It's it's run by the marketing team, or should I say, it's uh, it's maintained by the marketing team. A lot of the tweets, a lot of the content that comes out of that is actually created by DevRel. So Oleg, for example, will create the Rebel Labs tweets and they can be used by our marketing team. I'll create virtual jug tweets and we also do some product ones ourselves. So I hate to break this to you, Ted, but that tweet that you read that you thought was from a developer, that was a marketing tweet. Good
2: marketing. Good marketing. Uh, and and that's great. The fact that I can't tell the difference—that's awesome. Yeah, when sometimes like um, a
6: webinar announcement, it's 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 clearly uh, it's done for like marketing purposes, right? To to engage more people, to bring more people, uh, and it, it it's, it's it's quite all right, right? And the good thing um, sometimes when it's uh, even marketing account can retweet some of the developers tweet. If it, you know, they will find it funny for general public, or maybe not funny or useful for general public. Sometimes it happens, uh, believe me, or not. Sometimes if you tweet something um, developer ish thing, and your corporate account might retweet it,
5: and sometimes they'll know what it means too.
6: Yeah, but it's also fine.
1: Yeah, no, I I retweet my personal, technical tweets from uh, JFrog account, like, all the time.
6: You're just using your corporate account for your self-promotion and after that, like, you have... Oh, you have, thank you,
1: have... you. Okay, so, Vic, thank you for this note. That's that's the most important... Yeah. That's the, the most important that point just... that I, I wanted, I, I that I spoke half an hour ago, yeah. and that's this distinguish between the personal and corporate tweets that shouldn't look like you use your corporate... Twitter account to promote yourself?
4: Well, I think there's a balance that we need to strike. You know, I mean, as long as the corporate Twitter account is 90% of the tweets are not Baruch's Baruch's tweets, it's okay. And as long as there's a balance over there, um, as long as the corporate Twitter account is monitoring the right tweets and promoting them, I think it's a fair deal.
6: Moderation, as one of my colleagues usually says, moderation, it's the key. You're drinking too much? No, I'm not drinking too much. I'm drinking in moderation. <laughs> Same thing with tweets. Um, and uh, yes, everything is all right. But uh, the we need to understand, like we pretty much hear all uh, adults here. And we're not millennials, um, juniors. So we're not using, we, we, we know that Twitter is a tool for doing certain things. Of course. On except, of the of radio team.
0: We... except of Tim. Except of Tim. Yeah. Except Except me. I'm yeah. the oldest millennial, you know, yeah. uh, and of course, on Developer Relations Radio, we we love millennials. But yes, we're you know this is a like Victor, like you were saying, we we use these things for professional ends.
4: So uh, I would like to take a couple of minutes. Actually, you know, uh, Baruch and I were talking about this uh, before the call, and I would like I would like to announce something. So once we are done with the discussion, then we can jump on it.
6: I want to say bye to everyone because unfortunately, I do have some other responsibilities as a developer, not as a developer uh, advocate, but as a solution architect. So I have to lift off to join. So hang
4: in there, then. anyone? Anyone listen to this? Um, one of the things that we have been trying to do, I've been, you know, we remember, you remember we did the Con last year. That was a developer the relations uh, community event. Uh, I did that with Matthew Rebel and Tamau. Now I reached out to Matthew if he would like to do the conference again. Um, he responded after a while that, yeah, no, he will not be interested in doing this again in the U.S. I said, that's a fair deal. Uh, for the longest time, I've been thinking of doing something like this next to DevOps U.S., so now that Matthew is not doing it, you know I would love to do something like DevRel Conf. You know, um, a day before um, DevWorks US. Um, I don't know how many of you are gonna be there in person, but this is basically a DevRel event by DevRel, um, and we will do this in San Jose Convention Center. We have a day. Um, some of us will be talking um, in a couple of hours to talk about what the tentative agendas, etc., is gonna look like. But stay tuned. Um, I would definitely love to um, pull you guys in, either to a talk or, you know, um, we're looking at about a four-hour thing on March 20th, essentially. That's the start of the day, so we have a very tight time.
1: Yeah, and, and, and all, the, all the guests that are here in the hosts and the residents of this podcast are, of course, more than invited, and for your question, who is going to be there? The answer is very simple. We, all of us should be there. And I think the only one that has the longest commute is Simon, but he's coming uh, anyway. Right, Simon? Was that, was that March 28th? March 28th. DevOps, DevOps. DevOps US. I'm Are you to coming be to London. DevOps
5: US? Uh, March 28th. I'm in Java land. No, no, March 20th. Oh, 20th? Yeah, I could do that.
6: Uh, DevOps okay. US, I guess, overlaps with some other event. Yep. Well, every event overlaps uh, with, code with event. Oracle Code, uh, I guess, in New York. Yeah,
4: uh, every event overlaps with some many other events these days. That's right,
6: right. And I have a proposition right. to you guys: we can do a live from, uh, you know, when we not of the live, of course we will. But, but well, when of we, of course, we room.
1: will record. We will record an episode of the Developer Relations Radio live from DevRelConf. Yeah. yeah,
3: that's great. We got to get Josh Long and Matt Rabel.
2: Yeah. Of, course. of course. Oh yeah. There's, there's, there's a whole oh, slew of people we should we should bring into this.
3: Ben and so. Dion now run DevRel at Google. So Yeah. Yep.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and
1: Ray Tseng and Guillaume LaForge and there are tons of great people at Devox US that do DevRel and we should bring them all. They will have like probably thirty seconds of speaking each, but just for the for sitting with them it's worth it.
0: I yeah. will be in London oh, yeah. week, and we'll be thinking of all of you.
1: All
4: right. okay. There's another uh, conference, Great. DevXCon or something like that. I other. don't know what is DevXCon. You uh, know, Baruk sent that to me. It looks awfully similar to DevRelCon. The website is very similar. I don't know who is running this, but that's in May.
1: Okay. And and, another... and I think they charge they charge like a thousand bucks for a one day conference or something. No,
6: it's a, it's another mirror. one. It's the the one you found in Palo Alto and uh, yes. that's running for 13 years, and they have a guy Kawasaki yes. as a as a keynote speaker
1: as a keynote speaker, right. Yeah, we'll probably have
4: like a you know, hundred bucks or something like that, a very minimal charge, not very nominal charge because we're doing it for the fun of it because we are in the profession, so.
3: I mean, yeah. Right. All right. All right. All right. My Bye, friends. guys. Thank, Thank you, guys. For all. Great to see you. Bye. Thank right. you
1: very much. And I hope to see you all in the third episode that will be announced shortly.
3: All right.
0: Send me a recording. I'll actually get no, I won't
1: send it to you. I will send it to Victor.
3: do
6: yeah, because team, uh, yeah, I won't team, even try. Tim promised to send me a background. or oh, not background. Like a pre-roll music, so I can, uh, you know, start working on the stuff. Okay. So Tim, so waiting tomorrow.
0: Sure wow. Waiting music. More children. All right, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah
6: I mean, my mind is sleeping, so you know I'm kind of staying out of this. No,
1: yeah. Why? Why didn't you wake up Andrew for that? That's yeah. Oh, you, you should have.
6: So next time, next time we will hang out with. Uh, all right, team. sounds good. James, what's the uh, youngest one? What's what's his name? Josie. Josie.
3: It's huh? Josie. Josie. James
6: and Josie. Yep. Yep.
1: Hey, oh, it's, yeah. He's yeah. Just, it's nice.
4: adorable.
1: Oh my God! Go yeah, this. look at those eyes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. All right, there guys. Take care.
6: It was nice to see all right. you all. Great bye. to see you all. And- bye, you. bye, guys. Bye,
3: bye. Bye. bye.